when I was on the super campaigns, it, it showed me that sales skills transcend industries. Yeah. And once you get good at the game and one, I truthfully believe you can talk about anything. Right. Change the buzzwords, change the keywords, but it's all the same. It's all the same. Yep. Once you get good at that technique, you get the control of the call, you get your pitch down, the sounds, questions, the laughs, like all that stuff. Hi, I'm Mark Gagne. And I'm Chris Corcoran, and you're listening to Tech Sales is for Hustlers. Tech Sales for Hustlers is a podcast where we catch up with Memory Blue alums and reminisce about their start in high-tech sales with us. Let's go get some, Corcoran. Gagne, you know I'm ready. Emily Schleypack without the Z. Yeah, happy to be here, guys. Well, let's just get hop into it. Yep. Tell the folks... And Chris and I, we want a little bit about you, where you're from, yeah. where you grew up. We'll speed you up, slow you down as necessary, but we want to hear about it. Awesome. Yeah. So I, uh, born and raised in North Jersey, as you guys know, mm-hmm. um, was it Taylor Ham. Taylor Ham. Taylor Ham. Yeah. It's very controversial. <laughs> Taylor Ham versus Porkville. Um, <laughs> yeah. So grew up in the North Jersey area, uh, moved around a lot as a kid. I've lived in like eight or nine different houses. Mm-hmm. We like shifted out to Florida for two years, went back to Jersey. Yeah, my mom loved keeping us sane, so she kept moving us around. That was cool. Then when I got to college, I you know started JMU, and um, she moved my whole family down to Virginia to get in-state tuition. She oh, did. In Harrisonburg. Yeah. Did she move to Harrisonburg? She moved to Harrisonburg, yeah. I was like, Mom, I'm trying to get as far away from you yeah. guys as possible. She just came in my suitcase. Wild. Yeah, so I've... <laughs> well, how did you look back up? What were you like as a kid? Oh. I, I, some people work, some people play sports, some people like... like yeah. High school-ish age. Okay. Yeah, no, I was a complete tomboy. Like, growing mm-hmm. up, like, I was always the girl at recess playing football mm-hmm. and, like, you know, wall ball and kickball. Wall ball. I, like, you know, when I came up, I was like, I wanted the guys to be like, oh, Emily's at that. It's like, yeah, you're right. Well, the guys would call you Schleypack. They actually, yeah, you know, get, get, get your slate back the ball. Get your slate back the ball. Oh, yeah. It's cool you guys don't want to say my last name. Right? Yeah. <laughs> um, it's a cool last they name. They actually called me M. Schley. M. Schley. Hey, let's get M. Schley the ball. M. Schley. Yeah. You were loving that. Yeah, I was right. loving that. Yeah, but right. I know, I'm kind of lucky to start it up again. But yeah, I played basketball like my whole like childhood. You up did? Until like senior year of, of high school. Okay. So I had basketball was my life. Uh, but yeah, so I would say I was a tomboy. I loved being outside. What did you think you wanted to be when you grew up when you were in high school? Yeah, so I wanted to be a director. A director of? Super random. Like movies. Movies, really? How come? Yeah. Well, when I was like really, really young, I was I have two younger siblings, and I was always putting on like little shows for my, my really? parents and our yeah. friends and family. Yeah. And I was like coordinating it. Yeah. I really, I guess I like kind of telling people to do it in a nice way. Yeah, you know I, mean? <laughs> I have a vision way, but like, yeah, you know. yeah. So yeah, I wanted to be a director. I just, I don't know. I, I love like storytelling mm-hmm. and just setting up scenes and situations. I think, and yeah, that was the first dream. How did you end up at JMU? You, not the whole posse. Yeah, <laughs> yes. back posse. Yeah, I mean, I was. I, actually, I was choosing between Pittsburgh mm-hmm. and like the College of New Jersey, so those were my mm-hmm. options, and, and UConn. And literally a week before decision day, JMU was like, "Hey, you're off the wait list. You want to come?" And me and my mom were like, "All right, let's you know drive to Harrison." Had you been there before? No. No. It's like a week before. Okay. 
So what was it even in consideration, really? Because you applied, probably yeah. just maybe something. Yeah, I was like waitlisted there, and yeah. I didn't think I was getting in. I was choosing yeah. between UConn and Pitt, yeah. Yeah. and they were like, you know, you're in now. I'm like, all right, should have given me more than yeah. me. Like, what is that all about? Yeah. So we shipped down to Harrisonburg literally a week before decision day. Yeah. And, you know, I love the campus, fell in love with the whole place. And yeah, we just were like JMU. People like, why do people like JMU so much? People love it. They do. JMU, I, I think the campus is beautiful. People love JMU. Yeah. They love JMU. I think you guys know that yes. really well. Yeah. <laughs> The campus is beautiful. I mean, it's also just like Virginia's really. It's a part of Virginia's that's really nice, too. You get that nice sunset, yeah. too. You can see it from campus. There you go. I don't know. I think okay. Jamie's just good vibes, too. And so the family followed you down there? Family followed me down. Yeah. My two younger siblings are pissed. Really? Oh, oh man. dude. They're, dude. they're pissed. <laughs> they're pissed. <laughs> how, how old were they? I mean, rightfully so. They're in high school. Oh, that is so wrong. It's so painful that, oh, it's all about Emily. Uh, it's like, yeah, it is. No, I'm just kidding. No, but they, yeah, they came did, down there in high school. Did they get over it? Eventually, yeah. Like, yeah. Did very different than yours. Did they get yeah. to school in Virginia? College? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So my brother, so my sister ended up graduating from Richmond. Okay. My brother just graduated from George Mason. Okay. So really? it worked out for everyone in the end. Yeah. Yes. It was a little traumatic. Yeah. I mean, ripping someone out of high school, yeah. not cool. Not cool. You know, not in cool. Jersey, you're cool to like sports. In Virginia, you're cool to theater it's very different right, like, right. You know, like, like so it's a different <laughs> definitely a culture shock and just leaving high school you know yeah so they came down yeah so you know i'm going you know i'm hanging out at jmu and yeah. yeah my family my siblings are five minutes away dropping off groceries you know there you go what's your major in? so business management with mm-hmm. a um, concentration in entrepreneurship okay and with this you've got a big personality that's a compliment what did you think you wanted to do when you got to college do you have any idea of kind of end up in this sales world or like what what do you think yeah. you're so harboring uh Actually, director of i think i started my like as inter- international business major okay because it sounded cool yeah international and business yeah right Crazy. who does it like that right put them together right magic right yeah. <laughs> i had no idea what that meant yeah. yeah and i got in there they're like yeah you gotta learn how to speak a foreign language i'm like it's been real fun guys <laughs> i'm gonna <laughs> try out something else business management seems big enough so we went there i chose that major because i felt like there was you know it dealt with a bunch of different things i was going to learn a little bit of finance and accounting yeah. and marketing and then kind of figure out what i liked from there i really didn't know what i wanted to do i've always had in the back of my mind that i want to do something with entrepreneurship that's kind of like how i ended up getting involved with that business fraternity and but i didn't i didn't know what i wanted to do truthfully but at the end of the day, when I started applying for jobs, I was between marketing and sales. And then I ended up going down the sales route. How did that happen? How did you find out about us? Yeah, so I was, you guys were at the, um, there's like job fairs, yep. like on campus. Yep. I, I saw you there. I saw the big elephant there. Can't miss it. Yeah. And no, I, I mean, I was just actually, you know what? I didn't directly apply to Memory Blue, but one of my friends like just randomly mentioned it. She was like, Hey, like some I know like memory blue can sell like referral bonuses, whatever. She's like, my friend's trying to get like whatever referral bonus. Yeah. Like, can you just send in your resume? I'm like, yeah, sure. So it really wasn't even all that serious. I was like, yeah, take my resume. Yeah. yeah. I tried to do the best I could with it. Yeah. And um, you know, <laughs> I guess you you know, I, I looked compelling to some extent. So right. and then I got a call. It kind of happened like that. It was super random. Wow. 
You know what's actually funny too is that the day she told me about you know memory blue, yeah. it was at a birthday event at a winery that I kind of wasn't gonna show up to. It was like my friends. That sounds really bad, but like I don't know. I wasn't feeling it that that, yeah. that day or whatever. Yeah. Like I was I was bartending when I was yeah. in I worked like crazy. So Billy Jacks, huh? Uh, Brickhouse. Uh, Brickhouse. No. So, so in college, you were going to school and you were working. Yes. How much did you work? A lot. Yeah, like twenty five hours a week. Yeah. Yeah. I was yeah. bartending and that and. It's kind of a lot to juggle all at yeah, once. Yeah, you did school four years too, right? Yeah, yeah. so I wasn't even going to go to that event at the winery that mm -hmm. day. So it's kind of like serendipitous how it all happened. It's like I forced myself to go that day, and I sat next to my friend who then was like, oh, yeah, memory blue. My friend needed a referral. Yeah, sure, here's my resume. Serendipity. Well, almost the same way it happened like when I chose to go to Jamie. Yeah. It kind of was like almost like a last minute. Like, right, right, yeah. right. And then, maneuver. So you interviewed with us. And did you, was there anything else you're considering or did we sweep you off your feet or you just like, I need a job. I, it's okay. We're kind not of a com probably a combination of needing a job. No, no, I definitely felt like I was swept off my feet for sure. Yeah. yeah. I came to the HQ office. Yeah. Interviewed with a couple people. I met Kristen that day. Yeah. Oh, wow. I think I met Jeremy. Okay. Maybe one other person. I was, um, I was like riding sidecar with Caroline Sullivan. Okay. She was showing me some oh, stuff. Yeah, and Jamie. Yeah. Yeah, so I was kind of, you know, the interview process, I just felt really comfortable. You know, yeah. I felt like I could be myself, and that's yeah. really what got me excited. Yeah. So the interview process went well, and <laughs> then they were like, yeah, we're opening up an office in Boston. This guy, Jeremy Wood's going to be there. You should talk to him. And I'm like, all right, cool. So get on the phone with Jeremy. He's telling me about the Boston office, getting me excited. And I've always had that, like, entrepreneurial side yeah. of me, yeah. kind of. Yeah. That yeah. was coming out. It felt like I would be kind of. It would be like a corporate job with like a startup environment. Yeah. yeah. The vibe I was getting yeah. at the Boston office. So yeah. I was like, let's go. <laughs> I just had one conversation with Jeremy. And I don't know. I think it's all about the people. You know, yeah. I got on the phone with someone I was really comfortable with. I was excited to talk to. And I was yeah. like, that's it. You know, the rest, I guess, will figure itself out somehow. You know? So, so New Jersey to Harrisonburg to Boston. Yeah. Yeah. Had you <laughs> ever been here before? Had you ever been to Boston before? No, once on a seventh grade band trip. Okay. <laughs> right. Yeah. I was a progression. But yeah, once for a band trip, and besides that, nope, never been here before. And I was just, I don't know, I, I, I'm excited by the idea of kind of starting over and being in you know new environments and making it happen. So, yeah, just... and mom wasn't able to move the family up here. No, unfortunately, they stayed down. Yeah, they stayed down here somewhere this time. What they think about you leaving Virginia to come up to Boston? To be honest, I don't think they were all that surprised because I had done stints like that before. <laughs> like my junior year of college, I lived in Dayton, Ohio for a summer. I don't know if you guys are familiar. Yeah, I'm familiar. Your That's the, the, the birth of aviation. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. Oh, my God. Yeah. So the business fraternity, ENT, that I was a part of, the, the founders of those of that fraternity came from University of Dayton. Ohio. Okay. okay. So I worked with one of the founders. He got me this in this marketing internship in Dayton, Ohio. So I stayed there for a summer yeah. in 2017, yeah. 2018. And that summer I was a marketing intern at a daycare and working at an 1800 style brewery that summer. So yeah. I had no clue what I was doing. That's all, that's all right. You know, that's part of college. Stop and going to Dayton. Yeah. Yeah. I was by myself. He just put me in this like house. It was like, Six bedroom house. I was like, I don't need this whole thing, but yeah. all right, cool. Was... All right, so so rough, solo in the house. Yeah, 
So then you moved up here? Yep. So I moved up here summer of 2019 after I graduated. Yep. And no, I think my family, they weren't surprised. They were happy for me. They yeah. thought Austin was exciting. Yeah, because it is. Yeah, but I was, it was definitely intimidating, you know, obviously, moving to a new city. You don't sure. know anybody. Mm-hmm. You don't know who to, you know, cut your hair or, you know, fix your car or see the dentist. Like, all those small things yeah. add up. That's right. And you also doing a new job, new tough job. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. And where to live, who to live with. Yeah. Exactly. You know, yeah. you got to find, most likely find roommates. Oh, my God. It was like so many. Yeah, because they say, like, when you move somewhere, it's kind of like a loss. And it's always you're like. You don't think of it as a loss because it's like it's still there. But yeah. You know, it's a loss of uh, familiarity. Totally. So came to Boston. Yeah. All that. Didn't know anybody and started. Good old memory blue. Memory yeah. blue. In the office. Not as nice as this office. We're waiting for you to leave. This <laughs> yeah. Office, nice. yeah. You guys are waiting for me to leave. You're like, let's do it up here. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> when most people take the job, Emily, like they don't kind of fully know what they're getting themselves into. Did you kind of know what the job was or did you like most people look at kind of what I'm doing but like what was that like because it's a hard job yeah I knew that I was going to be doing like cold outreach and all that Mm -hmm. honestly you can't really wrap your head around this role until you're in it yeah yeah you just can't (laughs) they definitely you can have a vague idea and I think maybe other jobs where you know there's spreadsheets involved and calculators sure yeah this job it's a very you know you got to get in there yeah (laughs) you got to get in which leads me to Emily's got an amazing LinkedIn almost like a journal yeah linkedin is right yeah <clears throat> excuse me that's a good way to think about it I but, like, but I the way like your, that. your writing style is really powerful i think sure i mean we're really strong this is a talent it's a talent of yours and i would encourage the folks we'll put them in the on, we post this on my show notes show notes yep like you write some really cool stuff about it so talk about the job like tell us about learning how to do it If your sales team struggles to hit quota or generate qualified leads, Memory Blues Academy Prospecting Principles Training Program is the solution. Great sales training is time intensive and requires continuous guidance from sales experts. In this six-week course, our world-class facilitators use a hands-on learning approach to turn raw talent into industry-leading salespeople. From building targeted outreach lists to strategically overcoming objections, the key prospecting skills taught here create the foundation for strong sales performance. Our proven training cuts SDR ramp time in half and increases quota attainment by 89%. New cohorts launch twice per month. Head to memoryblue.com academy to see upcoming dates and secure your seat today. Yeah, so I mean... To be honest with you, I feel like starting any SDR role anywhere is a lot like getting thrown to the wolves. It is. It is. But that's the best way to learn. It's, it, you know, it's like I basically described it as getting down in the trenches. No one's going to do the work for you and no one's going to do the work. With, like they'll do it with you, but they're not going to do it for you. Yeah. You know, um, and you only learn by messing up yep. day after day. Failing, failing fast, failing often is the is the way you learn here. Because the only <laughs> way to realize what you should be doing is by doing all things you should not be doing so yeah yeah, i mean at first it it was really tough it's a lot of rejection you know to take in at first you know it's like i you gotta have tough skin or you gotta build tough skin in the role so i would say at first it was definitely tough just getting that rejection and just being like what do i do with this you know Mm -hmm. and and trying to not let it define you right you know so definitely i would say it was a rude awakening at first but then I feel like that reawakening kind of turns into a muscle that you're building, a work ethic. 
Yeah, so I would say it was difficult at first. Who'd you learn it with? Yeah, so the OG, the OG squad. Yeah, yeah, I mean, so I was working very closely with Jeremy Wood and Tiffany Tong was my manager. Mm -hmm. OG, we called ourselves Team Tiff. It was Team Tiff. Jake Mead, Sean Enright, yeah. <laughs> Terrain Grant. Um, oh, man. What, uh, Andrew Biederman. And I actually started the same day as Ellie Miller. So we were oh, all nice. like... Yeah, we were, that was kind of a lot of the OG. Wow, you were early on. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I guess that's crazy that that's considered early. Yeah, so that was. You were one of the first people at Boston. Yeah. Yep. I guess like in the first, maybe 15, 20. Yeah. I'd say. Yeah, so I started with all them. And I mean, the team stuff is just great. I mean, I don't know. Like, as much as the job is hard when you're doing it with people that are, you know, supportive and as excited to be there it like doesn't feel as much like a job yeah. you know you're just you're in it together someone hangs up on you you're laughing about it you're chopping <laughs> up with the team it's like it's kind of whatever you know um, but that's important yeah and like i feel like we were all being consistently put in kind of uncomfortable situations together so mm -hmm. never you kind of just saw everybody like growing in their own ways mm -hmm. um like for example we would do like as you guys know like call evaluations mm -hmm. you know and like for me at the beginning that was like I was like, you guys are crazy. I was like, this is a crazy activity. <laughs> I tell people outside yeah. of the sales world that we do call evaluations and they think we're like mermanic. Like, yeah. it's crazy. Yeah. It's literally <laughs> insane. We're in a conference room listening to you get battered by a chief financial officer. It's like, geez, like, it's tough. You know, you get in this conference room, but I've got to tell you, those call evaluations, like, they, they shape you as a salesperson. They do. Not only are you exposing yourself to the team and you're forcing yourself to be uncomfortable, but that's where you learn. You know, yep, when it comes sure. to this job, it's all about the little words you use, yep. the pauses. It's all about the nuances. Nuances. If people understood the value of getting good at inside sales, well, wouldn't everyone do it? It's not for the faint of heart. It's not for everyone. And it's certainly not for short-term gains. Every day you're planting the seeds for a win next week or a win next month. The most challenging paths have the most rewarding finish lines, period. People don't go into sales because it's easy. They go into sales because it's worth it. Wisdom. You're a good writer. <laughs> that is amazing. Yeah, you're a good writer. Yeah. So who was good of that team? Besides yourself, who was the best person on that squad? On that squad. I don't want to say anything rash. I'm going to say Andrew Biederman. 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 Yeah. He's just a tank. Like, he just, <laughs> he just, like. He what a just, description. Yeah. <laughs> he is a tank. No, he no, he just like busted down. He just busted down walls. Like, you know how like people are afraid to look stupid on calls. They're kind of like saving face. Mm -hmm. Not him. <laughs> you could hear him. And sometimes he sounded stupid, but he was going through, like not stupid, but like you know, like yeah. he sounded yeah. like yeah. he didn't care if he didn't understand. Yeah, like, care. you know, data mapping, whatever that like, he was talking about. It's like he just went right in. You know, yeah. everyone was so nervous to sound you know dumb on the phones and yeah, you know, like. Go past that next level objection. Yeah. But, um, See, he was, there's he wasn't so afraid. There's that. so yeah. There's I'm sorry, cut you off. There, there's so much value in that, there right? Because hearing that, because it changes your perspective on things, right? And it influences your game a little bit. You're not going to do his game per se, but you might take a little bit of his game, put that into your game, right? Right. And that's ideally how it's supposed to work. That's why you have to do it with other people. Yeah. And you're learning how to do it. Right. And I remember, I remember my manager Tiff. She would always say like foot in the door keeping your foot in the door and mm -hmm. i always think about just like 
I just I remember those things now even now when I'm cold calling just like that persistence and just like not being afraid to sound stupid on the phones and, and failing and what was your what was your superpower what was your move so being was the tank what were you good at I think I was really good at building rapport quickly on the phones mm -hmm. like I could see it I feel like <laughs> you know like, yeah I don't know I feel like my personality is pretty disarming yeah so, mm -hmm. you know it's just a quick laugh or um quick joke on the phone to get mm -hmm. someone to be like all right we're both in this together I don't want to make this call you don't want to take it. come on you know, something like that. I, I would say that, yeah, building that rapport pretty quickly with someone on the phones was was probably like my superpower. Yeah. Is it, it's crazy when you go back to those times, Corcoran, you and I, how much better, how much you improved early. Anybody who's listening to their calls, you're probably terrified of what you sound like when you first started. But then, like, the nuance is there. You guys bring calls. <laughs> <laughs> Here's one of your first cold calls. Right, the nuance is huge. Yeah. Like, the person's tone. Pause, letting stuff sit, right? Kind of riding it out, knowing yeah. our first one did it work. Maybe I'll go on the second one, kind of see, right? Yeah, yeah. No, I mean, I'm thinking back to my first calls too. It's all about taking control of a call. Mm -hmm. When it comes to a cold call, whoever's asking the questions has control over the call. Mm -hmm. It doesn't matter what kinds of questions it is, it's who is asking the questions has control over the call. So, you know, in the beginning, I remember myself being like, you know, I'm cold calling Mark, and you're like, uh, who is this again? Like, whatever. It's like, Oh, it's Emily from, you know, Alio. Pause. Oh, the reason for the call, you know, it's just like things like that. Like, mm -hmm. oh my God, I got chills from saying that. <laughs> but like, you know, just like those little moments and you just got to, got to take, you know, jump in, take control of the call, things yeah. like that. You, you, um, you went on a variety of campaigns, right? Yeah. What was that like? So difficult? Yeah, it, it was difficult in the sense where I had to kind of like, once I got really good at something, they're like, psych. Like, yeah, like, like, yeah, they're like, we touched your monitoring psych marketing agency. No, that's no, whatever. Um, but no, I was um, I was pretty emotional about it when I changed campaigns. I don't know why. I guess because like I you I, cared. I cared a lot, and yeah. I, I take pride in what I do. And getting starting to get something good at something that's really hard. Is yeah, like you're, you're like, okay, great, I got here. Let me stay here, please. Right. <laughs> yeah, I just got it. Yeah, and uh, they're like, listen. We got to get you on something else. Yeah, it was tough because in my mind, it felt like having to learn a whole new thing and start from zero. Yep. But what I didn't know at the time was that I wasn't starting from zero. No. Every single time I was starting from like a higher point. Yep. And I don't think I realized that at the time. Mm -hmm. It helped run out your game too for like when you could get a new job, like league squares. Yeah. Right? Yeah. No, before we get there, oh, I, yeah, I just want to say. We're not there yet. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I thought I was going there. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, it sounded like you were going there. But no, it's something that I talked to you about where it's just kind of like how when I was on those different campaigns, it, it it showed me that sales skills transcends industries. Yeah. And once you get good at the game in one, I truthfully believe you can talk about anything. Right. Change the buzzwords, change the keywords, but it's all the same. It's all the same. Yep. Once you get good at that technique, you get the control of the call, you get your pitch down, the sounds of the questions, the laughs, like all that stuff. You can talk about anything. How'd you learn? M, M. Schley is a student of the game. M. Schley back. Yeah, I'm yeah, I am. <laughs> <laughs> this is no game. joke. No, it is no joke. You think we're joking around here? <laughs> I like to think I am a student of the game because, like, this is like the reason why I got into sales is because sales reminds me a lot about life. It reminds me a lot of life. You know what I mean? Like, I'm really passionate about getting good at sales because I think it, it teaches you how to be a better person. Period. It teaches mm -hmm. you how to be a better 
friend, girlfriend, boyfriend, mom, dad. Like, I, I, I genuinely believe those things. So, like, when I'm ex- excelling these skills that we learn in sales, how to be a good listener, how to negotiate, how to storytell, how to be persuasive, you need those things in life. So, like, I feel like I'm, I'm that's why I'm passionate about it because I don't feel like it's siloed as my career. You feel like I'm like this way as a person. So, mm-hmm. it's a cool feeling. Yeah. And you're also sales is life. Sales is life. Yeah. We should start some bumper stickers or something. <laughs> you know, right? You're writing this down? <laughs> you, got, you, got, you got a little content right here. You're also a comfort zone person, right? Yeah. Like, big, big. Tell uh, us about that. Big, yeah. I mean, um, getting out of your comfort zone. I mean, it's obviously hard, but like you, you don't grow when you're comfortable. No. You know what I mean? You're comfortable when you're comfortable. You're comfortable. Yeah. You're complacent. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. But if you're not in a situation where you're getting a little nervous or scared i mean i just don't think you're growing and right memory, i mean memory blue is what showed me that at first you know from the call evaluations to the dials to switching campaigns like i was like constantly uncomfortable comfortable comfortable to the point where now i'm like unfazed by like things before that i thought were big changes you know yeah there's not any growth there's no growth there's no growth you know well, it, i mean it's interesting it's the type of person yeah right so there's lots of people they go to GMU, who are from Northern Virginia, or Virginia Tech, or wherever. Yeah. And when they graduate, they're they are a hundred percent going back to Northern Virginia. Right. You are like, I don't care. I'm going to Boston. I don't know a soul there. I'm going to figure it out. It's cold. Gonna, it, it's it. That's totally uncomfortable. Who am I going to live with? Don't know. <laughs> don't care. I'll figure it out. What am I going to do? I'm going to do this job. I got no idea what it's going to be like. I do the bit wooden person. Wild. Chairman. You share me on the phone. Yeah, just talk to the guy on the phone. Yeah. Right now in Zoom. No video. Right? Any video could have been fake. Yeah. Yeah. Could have been a bot. Could have been Siri. Could've I don't even know. Catfish. Yeah. <laughs> Come up right here at the office. Yeah. <clears throat> so, but it's a certain type of person who's willing to do those things. Yeah. So where, where did that come from? That interest and willingness <clears throat> to leave your comfort zone? Did that, was that growing up? Was that a thing? Or like, how did, how did that, it sounds yeah. like you, you, I thought you'd like it, but you, you seek it because that's where the growth, growth comes. I do feel like I seek it out. Very yeah. interesting. Interesting observation. Yeah, I think that, um, I think the moving around was the first glimpse of it. Okay. So like living in eight or nine different houses, the it was constantly restarting. Yep. New area, new place, find friends, you know, joining the basketball team, blah, blah, blah. I think that's where it started. I'm trying to think about it. I don't know. I think like in high school and like college, I was also taking like leadership roles as well. Mm-hmm. Like that entrepreneurial organization yep. I was the president of and I yep. found it. So I think like the leadership roles um, kind of brought me there. But I don't know if there was like a single moment where where like I liked being out of my comfort zone. I just feel like I, I was always kind of this way. Kind of, I probably saw you and maybe uncomfortable, but kind of good things happen. Yeah. When you're there, right? Right. Yeah, and like, um, I don't know, it's like a thrill. Like I always like like public speaking. Well, actually, now that I'm thinking about it, I feel like there is a there is somewhere it came from. Okay, <laughs> when I was 16 years old, I joined this like network marketing company. Did okay. it turn into kind of a pyramid scheme? Yes, we won't talk about that. <laughs> 16 years old, I joined this network marketing whatever company. It was like health nutrition yep. products. And at that age, I had it was like starting like a mini business sure. of your of sorts. And I was I was leading a team of like ten to fifteen people. There was a team out in the UK, one in California, 
and I was um, I was I was kind of running like a like a mini business at the time. At, at the time, I learned how to public speak, you know, how to kind of run a team. Uh, you know, we were hosting events at my house, and at sixteen, yeah. You know, I'm thinking about it. That was kind of uh, you're like asking me about this moment. That was probably the biggest moment for me. And my dad at the time knew that it was definitely like a little sketchy, but he thought that the um, life application from oh, that experience amazing. Was, he didn't really think about oh, is this a pyramid scheme? He was like, you get to like learn how to public speak, and mm-hmm. I was presenting at like events, and yeah, I think there was a fire in me ever since that happened. Wow. Um, yeah, I also got to do with my dad. He was like in, in the business with me. Uh, a lot of my best personality like traits when it comes to business, I think, come from my dad. Okay. And he was doing it alongside with me, and I was just doing something totally different than any sixteen-year-old would do. <laughs> totally different. You're totally different. Yeah. Yeah, I was like, driving over, run like I don't know. They were having me speak, and I was just like, I don't know. They were. Um, I was just fired up all the time. I don't even know. Like, right. <laughs> I, I learned about, like, you guys know the law of attraction? Yes. yes. All right. Are yeah. we going to go there? Are going to go there? Yeah. All right. I learned, about, no, I learned about the law of attraction then. I started reading books from Robert Robert Kiyosaki at yes. the time and Max, uh, Malcolm Gladwell. Yes. Okay. Now we're getting somewhere, right? Yeah. 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 All right. Yeah. So at that time, so I was just really educating myself. I started listening to podcasts then. So I, I would say that time when I was 16 years old, joining that business starting to educate myself, learn about financial freedom and all that. I got, got excited. So what's tragic is how much did you learn doing those things versus through your high school education? <laughs> oh my God. <laughs> That's, this is tragic. That versus calculus? Yeah. I mean, come on. Right. I'm always exactly. talking about sine and cosine. You know, <laughs> what are you talking about? Uh, Every day. It's criminal. It is. I, it is. I learned much more in that like side business. I mean, intangibles right i'm big on the intangibles definitely yeah. definitely it's gotta be a better way to do it <laughs> there's gotta be there's gotta be a better way to do it yeah stick me in geography class you know i'm not saying geography is not important all the geography teachers out there much love history but, guy but it's, yeah but it's gotta be it's gotta be a better way to do it. <laughs> yeah. but that's that's crazy I can't believe that. it's almost it's almost said how many layers i had to go through to get there because like i was trying to re- there had to be a, something so going into sales in your family was a that wasn't a surprise. But like when you got out of school with your major, you didn't go into international business. Told parents to go into the sales. They're like, that's probably a good fit. Or they kind of some people parents get worried and say sales because they don't know about tech. Yeah. So my dad is an accountant and my mm-hmm. mom is a nurse. Mm-hmm. Um, so it definitely was like out of the ordinary for them. I don't think they were very surprised by my personality. I feel like most people maybe be like, yeah, I did. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I can yeah, tell you're yeah. annoyingly extroverted. And um, so they weren't, I, I think my dad was more of like supportive. My mom was, you know, it's like stability. Like she was a little bit nervous with that, with the, you know, performance based income. Mm-hmm. I think she was a little bit nervous about, but I mean, I was just so damn excited that, you know, no, it could be bad. Yeah. <laughs> <right>. <laughs> you know? So I don't think they were that surprised. I don't think I could do anything else, really. Yeah. T- talk about the performance. I don't think you can either. <laughs> You're definitely not going to go to accounting. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> to, to tell us about performance-based income. Like, do you, do you like that part of sales? Um. Yeah, I really like it. I, I don't think that I would do as well if I had, like, even if I had a really high, like, salary, mm-hmm. I don't think I would do as well because, like, you know, there's a direct correlation to the amount of work. I'm all about input and output. All the work you put in, if there's an output that can come from that, whether it's, you know, money or, or whatever it is, like, it, ma- it makes it work. 
Yeah. And also like you can blow out numbers too. That's the fun part with sales. You know, there's roles too, where you know there's no cap and it's like, but yeah, I think it's cool that there's like a, you can kind of put, like you can quantify the value of somebody, not just yeah. being like, all right, 70 gigs, slap a sticker on them. Yep. You know? Yep. That's right. When you were here then doing the gig, what did you think you wanted to do post, right? Because you ended up going to work for your client. Yeah. Right. Right. But talk about that. Because some people come in there, they're like, oh, maybe I want to do a DM. Maybe I want to work for the client. Maybe I want to sell. Like, did you? Yeah. I, your... I, I think. I think I want. I definitely wanted to get hired. Yeah. Out. That was the cool thing around here. Yeah. You know, <laughs> getting hired out. And I really, I really jived with one of my clients, Bert Dale, the one I ended up getting hired out by. I, they were my longest standing one. So I was always on two half time yeah. when yeah. I was here. Wow. So I was oh, always. Let's talk about that. Yeah. Yeah. Let's talk, let's talk about yeah. what's up. What was that like? Cause oh, yeah. No, I mean, interesting. Yeah. It was, I, I like, I think I liked it. I liked it. It was a little challenging it's having harder. to kind of switch. It yeah. is. It's, it's harder. Harder. more challenging. I think it's way better, but yeah. more challenging. It's, yeah. Here we are. You get, yeah. you get Here we are again, guys. Yeah. <laughs> it's over, it's over, it's over. Right. We get it, Emily. Um, but um, yeah, so I I think like I, I ended up liking it because you know you're all talking about the same thing all day. You know what right. I mean? You do fifty dials for X, fifty dials for Y. But no, it was tough to juggle with quotas and all that too because you know the way that it works here too. But I, yeah, I ended up liking where I got a little bit of a flavor for different industries at the time. Mm -hmm. Yep. Mm -hmm. I'm sorry. What did you ask? No, I was, I was just bouncing around in your gig. So Verndale won the sweepstakes. Yeah. When we opened an office, we they won. This. Oh, are you serious? Yeah. It's so, one of the crazier part. You listen to Tommy Gasman? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so just real quick, the audience and do your crazy part. Hold it for one second. When we open an office, we yeah. we market to the city we're going to that we're opening an office and we give away a free campaign, free halftime. Yeah. That's what. Yeah. Got you sentenced to halftime accounts the whole time. Yeah. Yeah. Um, <laughs> that's what's awesome to look at. It. It's, it's really an opportunity. And Verndale won. Yeah. And we say, were you on it from the board go? The jump? Yeah. So, well, the crazy part is that they won the sweepstakes on my birthday. Of course. <laughs> on I do not believe in coincidences. I will, not, right. I will not go there. Yeah. But they won the sweepstakes. <laughs> And I hadn't started Memory Blue until another two months later. Yeah. So who knows if I was really going to be on it right. at the time? Because I know it depends on when it totally. starts. Yeah. Yep. I could easily not been on it, right. which is crazy. Yeah, so I started two months after they won the sweepstakes. So I was on Verndale's a halftime in Alio. That's how I started with, because they were trying to find another like halftime. So I was on you know, those two, and then Verndale was the longest standing one. So every time a client went out, it was... Verndale and X, Verndale Y, Verndale and Z. So Verndale was just sticking around. So naturally, I started to get better at that campaign. I was starting to form, you know, a strong relationship with the POCs there and, you know, the marketing team. So, yeah, I would say that I was leaning towards wanting to get hired out by them because, I was, you know, I felt like I was improving there and, and hitting my stride. For a tough business to sell to also, they're not a SaaS company. They're a marketing agency. So... Yeah. I, I don't know. I think service base is hard, hard harder to book meetings for than like Definitely. companies. Yeah. Tell us why you think that. Well, because there's not a clear cut answer to what they do. <laughs> you know, I can't just be like AI recruiting software. You know, it's like, well, how much time do you have? You know, it's like <laughs> if it's a consulting company. They do like so many different things mm -hmm. or service. Mm -hmm. It's kind of like, you know, you got to bounce it back. What do, you, what do you want us to do? You do that. So it's just, it's more open-ended, I would say. I, I like it when it's more clear cut. They're like, you know, what do you do? Memory blue? This is yeah. this is what we do. Yeah. 
So, so I would say just just the quick answers because it's all about the first 30 seconds on phone calls. Yeah. So yeah, let's talk. But you were with Verndale for over two years. Yeah. With the memory blue time. Yeah. What you had you obviously were got good at it. Yeah. Yeah. Right? So I yeah, I got good at it. And I started with them full time like two months after the pandemic hit, which is crazy. Yeah. Oh wow. So, yeah. So I left May of 2020 okay. for memory blue. Yeah. I started June 2020, Verndale remote in Harrisonburg. Wild. Oh, you moved back? Yeah, for a couple months. During, during the pandemic. Yeah, still had to pay rent, but whatever. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> so I, I, I moved back to Harrisonburg. I uh, was starting. Yeah, it was weird to like onboard remotely for a new job. I was so excited. And I was in my living room staring at my computer screen like, it's boring. So, like, yeah, she turned Vernon to a believer because they were skeptical at first. <clears throat> yeah, right? they were very skeptical. They didn't even want to be entered into the sweepstakes. The POC there was like, it's free. Like, come on. Like, they, yeah. they I think they got burned in the past by mm -hmm. um, some type of like email, BDR thing, yeah. you know? Yeah. Just didn't work out. So they were very skeptical about it um, and to begin with. But then, yeah, they ended up hiring me out. And I was really excited because I was their first in house BDR ever. So, wow. My job was kind of twofold it was do your freaking job. And the other, Part of my job was what does this role look like you know what are the responsibilities and you know how do we scale from here so um they said you know if you do this job well we can bring on two more bdrs and you know you could be responsible for like the training and onboarding and that was what got me really excited yeah what did, did that happen yeah yep. it happened yeah so i would say six or seven months there wow um you know i, I did pretty well and um, they had me like present the like the sales kickoff and just say like what my plan is for bringing on two more BDRs and how we're going to scale. I mean, scale it's two more, but I mean, as you guys know, it's a big that's, from one to three is like that's huge. It's huge. It's huge. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Well, yeah, yeah, it went from yeah. zero to three. Zero to three. Zero to three. Yeah, exactly. The percentage. Triple. Yeah, three hundred percent. Right. Yeah. I'm not bad. It's a, that's a, it's a big deal. That's a big, huge It's a big deal. deal. Okay. Yeah. yeah. No, because I know when I'm here sitting at, you know, memory blue, but yeah. It went from not wanting to do it, yeah. even though it was free. To a team of three. To working with you, then converting you. Because I remember us trying to push them, like, you need it for full time. Yeah. And they would buy off the full time thing. And their solution to that was just to hire you because you're you're amazing. Right. Right? Yeah, because they pay us when they hire you, right? They just they're not. No, no, I know, I know. Yeah, so yeah, they're, yeah. they're hooking it up because you're doing a phenomenal job. Right, and, it's not cheap. Yeah, right? like, yeah. And then you came on, and then they brought on people around mm -hmm. you. Yeah, so so I got to basically like hire and train and onboard two more BDRs, which was like so exciting. And so now you know I'm I'm taking on more of like a team kind of yep. responsibilities and. I mean, between the three of us and whoever the heck is listening, it's like I kind of built like a mini memory blue there, you know, wow. at Burndale, which is cool. Hell yeah, it's uh, cool. I ran AM huddles, PM huddles. <laughs> I had call evals. Sorry. Right. Uh, <laughs> call evals. We did, you know, a lot of the similar things that we did here. It's great. I just kind of replicated it there because, I mean, it works. It works. <laughs> you can say whatever you want about memory blue. If it works, <laughs> you, you say just that. That's that's all. I'm, I'm, I'm that's that. That's your new tagline. Yeah. It works. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So I was like, say whatever you want. It works. Yeah. Right? Literally. So that was really fun for me. And so when like, you were the team lead, were you still in Harrisonburg or were you back up here? I was only in Harrisonburg for four months with the pandemic. No, I was always back up here at that point. And the, the SDRs that you brought on were yeah. they up here too, or were they remote, or how did how did that whole thing work? Yeah. So they. 
we actually were in kind of the transition space, the office space. So we were at the WeWork yep. downtown. Yep. So we were coming in twice a week, I would say. The other SDRs too as well. Yep. Okay. Twice a week we were coming into the WeWork. Um, and those are the days we would have the team meetings, like all evaluations yep. and stuff like that. But I mean that, I mean, I don't know. That was a really special experience for me because I feel like it really allowed me to apply a lot of the stuff that I learned. It wasn't just like, oh, I'm at least good on the phone. It's like, oh, she can actually teach a couple of people how to do the job well and get them. And also like her new was like my baby. Like I made it happen, you know, like yep. the sheet music, the sheet music they're saying, like I kind of like iterated on that yeah. and like yep. the questions they asked, yep. like that was like me over years <laughs> trying to figure out how to get people to yep. understand, you know, digital experiences. Well, so. Some some people are going to mistake your personality for like your being good in sales. And that's part of it. Uh, but yeah. it's all the thing we talked about thirty minutes ago. The nuance. Yeah. Like knowing you should ask the questions. Yeah. A lot of people put personalities those talk all the time on calls, right? Right, right, right. right Knowing right. with the pause. Yep. Like what but people who don't understand sales, it's okay. Yep. They don't know. There's all this a lot of technique to it. God, right? It's, it's not just like it, yeah. it, it just put Emily on the phone and like watch her go. There's, yeah, that's not that's not how no. it works. There's a huge misconception yeah. in sales. The yeah. misconception is that you know we're like slimy people that like like pitch, like sell this pen. Yeah. Like, hey, no, yeah. you just watch the Wall Street, you know? Yeah. Like that's not sales. I yeah. think the best people, the best salesmen are the ones that are good listeners. Yes. Why do you think that? Well, because people they want to talk about themselves. They don't <clears> want they don't even care about what your product is. Well, no, they, they probably care a little bit. But I just mean that if you can, you know, convey to them that you understood what they just said and maybe like paired it a little bit back to them and that your solutions can, you know, map to some of their pain, it's kind of a no-brainer. Yeah. Know? But they're used to people being on the phone and be like, give me 30 seconds to tell you why I'm going. So yeah. That's what they're used to. Right. So if you're in there and you're um, getting curious, that was a big theme, I feel like, that I learned here. Remember mm -hmm. you, from Jerry, from Tiff, from all those people, it was like getting curious on the mm -hmm. phones and not, not, they can smell, you know, you probably heard commission breath. They can smell that on the phone. Mm -hmm. Or if you're just um, trying to get a meeting, it's very obvious in your tone. Yeah. More panicky. She read through it. Um, desperate. Yeah. It's not cute, you know? Mm -hmm. um, but I think if you go in and you're just like, you're curious and you're just asking questions because you'd like to know. I think mm -hmm. that's when people really start to mm -hmm. switch gears here. Go from uh -huh. booking a meeting to how does that actually work? You said something I didn't understand. And I asked, what do you mean by that? That's very different. Mm -hmm. Whereas if you're just talking to me, I'm like, yeah, yeah, whatever, Mark. Yeah, yeah, okay. That's like different when it's like, wait, you just said that. What did you mean by that? Or you mentioned whatever you guys tried to go with the solution before it didn't work out. Why didn't you go with that? It's just like, you're listening. Mm -hmm. Just listening. You're trying to understand. Most people don't do that. So when you no. do that, it makes a little yeah. special connection. Right. I think when people do that ever, like sometimes if some if I say something to somebody and they're like, oh, God, I don't know what you meant by that. You were listening? Like <laughs> I'm emotional. Like right. you're listening to me. Because it's just, it's not it's not common, you know. So I think if you're in sales and you're actually listening to what they have to say and you're you shut your mouth for a minute, I think it goes a long way. The silences are big. On the phone. So that's about personality. So that's great. So you get to flex some of those muscles and kind of show yep. folks this is how we should do it. Right. Just upon my experience. Exactly. Right? Yeah. That's just my Run the show a little bit. That Run was the show. Cool. Yeah. And you're chronicle you're chronicling that's even a word if I'm saying it the right way. Your journey a little a little bit on LinkedIn. Like tell why do you do that? Oh on LinkedIn? Um, yeah, well, because why do you why do you write about this stuff? Yeah, I mean I, I think it's important to document 
just like the journey mm -hmm. in an authentic way because I mean, I think all of our proudest moments come from like a challenge or something you were trying to overcome and then you made it on the other side. And we just talked about the other side. Mm -hmm. And, you know, I don't know. That doesn't really resonate with people, I think, because not everybody's on the other side, yeah. you know? And it's like, I feel like it just enforces people to like keep doing what they're doing. And it's not always going to be pretty. It's not always going to be perfect. But if you're striving for something bigger, like a bigger picture, you know, it's worth it. I just try to be authentic. That's all. I don't see it enough on social media. It's like, I have accepted this new role. Blah, blah, blah. It's yeah. Like, okay. <laughs> you know, it's like, it, I don't know. I just think people want to see people being real humans. Yeah. And especially, Not being so formal, you know? Yep. Yep. So you're at Verndale. That's kind of like the BDR phase for you in a way. Yeah. Right? We are team lead. Team lead. Yeah. yeah. Then, wanting more. Wanting sure. more. So always wanted to be account executive. Let's yeah. talk about that transition. Yeah. yeah, for sure. So, yeah, I think I always knew I wanted to be an AE. Even, like, when I was getting hired out with Verndale and all that, I definitely was, like, I see myself. I don't know. When you're here, an account executive is, like, on a <laughs> Broadway stage. Like, yeah, right. You're just naming. account executive. <laughs> you're naming lights. Yeah, it's right. a good deal around here. It's, deal. it's not, you know, it's not, it's no small feat, you know, and it's, I would say like in sales in general, it's a hard, it's a hard like leap from like an SDR to an AE. It happens, but it's yeah. not, there's no middle role. Like I feel like there's so like every other right. industry, it's like analyst, senior analyst, like whatever. It's a little tricky. Yeah. It's kind of, how do you do that? You know, you know, tell us. Yeah. You know, literally. So um, yeah, I always wanted to be account executive. And I think at Verndale, I was just, I just started to feel like I wasn't growing like I was being challenged here we are again mm -hmm. you know and I was just like I was almost like super uncomfortable with how comfortable I was like I yeah. would say I was kind of get like I was starting to get like a little jittery you know mm -hmm. and I was like I just need another challenge I need another you know mountain to climb right so yeah came across this company link squares and it, I don't know I just felt like it fell into my lap I don't know if you guys have had that happen to you Tell before, us about it. yeah I mean I just started applying for jobs and I and they kind of responded very quickly and they were like coming to the office and I was like interview. Okay, cool. Whatever. Sat down for three hours and it, it was, you know, it's just like a very electric interview, you know, like kind yeah. of similar to memory blow the sets are just like people that got me. Like they were excited. I was excited. We were both excited, you know, <laughs> and it was just like a really good energy. And I just felt like, Oh, this is, this is a good fit for me, you know? Um, and, and they were growing like crazy. Like we just raised our series C mm -hmm. like last month mm -hmm. and they were coming into the office every day. That was like almost a culture shock too. coming out of the, we're not even out of the pandemic, but coming out of round two of the pandemic, you know, yeah. that was like kind of, I was like, well, every day, you know, that was big, but then they kind of like framed it to me really cool. They were like, we don't want to hire people that don't want to be here. Right. And I was like, say that again you know <laughs> it's like that's crazy what <laughs> they're like almost like they're selling the role to me you know it's like yeah like they're like you can get an easier job other places you can get paid more or the same amount you can have hybrid you can have it easy yeah this is not the place right so they off the bat like these guys yeah yeah no they're Steve, honestly Steve I, and Brian yeah yep Steve Travellini absolute beast <laughs> yeah they they were no, you know, no BS from the start. I, I call Link Squares actually the memory blue greens. Really? It, it, yeah, it reminds me. So when we're full cycle, yep. so I'm still doing a lot of cold calling, cold outreach, but a lot of similar themes, like a lot of similar, you know, energy, culture at the office. Yeah. 
Um, similarly growing like crazy as well. I think you guys look for some of the same things in candidates, to be honest with you. Yeah. A certain like energy and work ethic, I would say. So how did I get there? I was talking about my interview and I was excited. So you, you know you wanted to sell, right? Yeah. And you decided you wanted to do it. And it kind of happened, I guess. You hit it off with these folks. You go to the office yeah. every day. Oh, now. yeah, I was talking about the office every day. Yeah, yeah. they were like basically saying like, you could have it easier somewhere else. Yeah. You're just being very transparent that this is not the easy job, but right. this is worth the job. You're real. Mm-hmm. One more time. <laughs> One more time in case you forgot why I'm doing all this. <laughs> and um, it just ch- changed my mindset because I was so in the comfort zone yeah. before that yeah. I was like, yeah. in the office every day? Yeah. Picking my outfit every day? It's like stressful, you know? Yeah. And then when they reframed it as like, this is the kind of culture they want to set up. They want to be there every day. They want to be excited. I was like, okay, cool. And like walked around the office. They got music playing all day. People wanted the standing desk. Oh man. Yeah, I know. I wish you guys walked through. It's, it just reminds me so much. We will will want another, another time, you know, we'll be back. Yeah. I want to see it. Where is Lee Squares? So they're on State Street. So they're next to Faneuil Lake, right, okay. right in downtown. I see. Yeah. So I started December 6th there. So I've been there for five months now, which is kind of crazy. Yeah. How's it going? What's the transition like? Yeah. It's another kind of getting thrown to the wolf situation for mm-hmm. sure. Mm-hmm. Tough first two or three months for sure. Just like wrapping your head around everything. You yeah. Know? It's just like contract management software. It's a new, um, it's a new industry for me, new technology. And you're, I'm learning how to be a VDR and AE at the same time. Right. Like the full cycle role. Yep. And uh, it was just it was just a lot at first, you know. So I would say the first two to three months were a definite challenge. And just like they just they set the bar really high there. Like um, it, it's just a high standard, like amount of meetings that you're booking a month, just the way you hold yourself in the office. It's just they just set the bar high. Like mm-hmm. so there's a lot of pressure, you know, and I wasn't used to that, I guess in a long time mm-hmm. you know I, th- I think i felt that here just like mm-hmm. that pressure that like fire in your belly but it's been a while you know and as much as that feeling is exciting it's also like really stressful right yeah you know it's like keep it up you know i don't know working there reminds me of like high school sports a lot oh you know? wow yeah because um it's like you love the people you're working with like the team environment yeah yeah but there's always another game or right. another game to work towards you're yeah always- I don't really want to go to practice, but you got to go. Yeah. You got to do the sprints, you know? Yeah. And memory blues like that too. It's yeah. Like you're not going to love every part of the job. You know? No, so it's like no, fine. no. Like, yeah. Oh my God. Can we talk about that? Yeah. It's yeah. like funny because like, you know, working at this job now too, it's always so like relieving for everyone to just be like, this is hard. Like <laughs> we don't have to really talk about it for too long, but like, this is a hard job and it, it takes a lot out of you. And just like, it. Just acknowledge it. Yeah. yeah, exactly. And they did the same thing here too. It's like, it's okay. And I think it's something that I'd love to convey is just that it's okay for you to really like your job and be excited about it, but also think it's really hard and that it's not always easy. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like you could hold both of those things at the same time. Yep. And like, I, I don't know. And that's, and also it kind of goes back to the social media thing too. It's just being like, you could have it both. Yeah. You could like be like, this is really <clears> stressful, <throat> high pressure, high stakes. But also, I love it. I love the people I work with. You know what I mean? And, like, it doesn't have to be, like, 100% one way or 100%. You do a great job in your posts on LinkedIn. Yep. Here, articulating it. Yeah. It's amazing. I'm going to ask you about this one. So this is the one from two months ago, day yeah. 90 of being full cycle AE. Yeah. 
here's the, the toughest pill I had to swallow. The version of myself that got me this job is not the same version of myself that will make me successful. So what part of yourself or skill you have to grow or develop to be successful as an AE? Yeah, that's a good question. And that was a super tough pill to swallow mm -hmm. because like, I think everyone kind of finessed themselves the same way to get the job. And then we got there and realized everyone's kind of like same high energy, optimistic. Yeah. Like, I think they had it all. And you're like, Oh God, I had to do something else besides. This. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, wow. What did I have to do? I mean, what are you working on now? Learn how to close. Right. Like, what do you, what, yeah. What, what skills? Yeah. Learning how to close. I mean, like, I mean, you're going from just the cold calling to now you're like running the show now on those calls. You know what I mean? So yep. definitely learning about just the art of asking better questions. I've ever had to do that. I was just, you know, sitting there listening to the call. So now you're like asking better questions and also like just learning to be more strategic with prospecting. I've also never had to do that because I feel like a lot of VDR roles just spraying and praying, just a game of numbers, mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. A lot of spray and pray. But now I have to be more like smarter about my time. So I, I would say the AE role is about being working smarter and not harder. Mm -hmm. um, so that's kind of what I'm handling too. So it's not just like, oh, any prospect in any industry. It's like, no, I'm, you know, I'm targeting general counsels and CFOs and I'm trying to get this industry, you know, and I'm looking, you know, the triggers, like I'm sure Memory Blue has it too, but certain um, uh, things that might indicate that there's a better chance that they'll you know, buy into the service. Yeah. Same thing with what we do, you know, yep. so we're looking at any type of M&A activity. Are they raising rounds of funding and stuff like that? And like, just being a little smarter, you know, that was, that was honestly very difficult for me because I was so in the mindset of just like, just like, I'm just going to wear, I'm just a hundred dollars, a hundred dollars. I'm just like, so programmed into my mind. Mm -hmm. It's like, no, I'm really just like, let's work a little smarter. Like what accounts do you want to go after? Like, mm -hmm. can we call it? like, get your, you know, dial to connect ratio down, get your connect to book ratio down. Like, mm -hmm. Never had to think about any of those things yeah. now you just got to be um, more strategic about the time you spend mm -hmm. yeah how many aes are over there 50. 50. do you have any sdrs no so, so we're all... our own sdr yeah and there's yeah. 50 of y'all all in the office yep what's Every that day. that sounds electric it really is electric yeah it's <laughs> it's an insane environment i'm really excited to wake up and go there every day it's hard you know i mean i'm working with a lot of hours but yeah, it's like, you know, the music is playing all day. Somebody's DJing all day. It's crazy. <laughs> it's a lot of pressure. Talk about pressure. Yeah. Oh my God. So, um, yeah, the music, you know, the music's there. You know, people have got standing desks. People are kind of just like calling all day. And you know, you're just kind of running around. Something quick happens to the deal. Hey, let's jump. Let's hop in a room. You guys know. Yeah. Yep. Let's hop in a room. Okay. Like, whatever. You got the boots, the phone boots. Um. Yeah, it, it's a really, it's a really good energy. Yeah, it's also just like, it's so cool to be at a company of this size too. You know, yep. they want to, you know, go public in the next couple of years. Mm -hmm. It's like, whoa, like, you know, something that my, my CRO told me, Steve, that sticks with me is that you can do something difficult for a short amount of time. You know what I mean? I don't think the SDR role or any specific sales role is forever. No. You know what I mean? So and I know that I'm working hard right now, but I'm like, doing this forever you know what yeah, i mean like yeah. i want to like bust right now and and get in the trenches and like just see where it goes from there right yeah there's a lot of personal growth that comes in sales right too because mm -hmm. it forces yourself to have some reconciliation internally yeah because it's so because there's so much failure yeah which is okay it's right. this part of it but in other professions they don't carry that sort of failure on a day in day out basis right yeah. it's you don't and 
doesn't make it any better or worse than finance or accounting or marketing. It makes it different, um, but it's so personal. But uh, it's, yep. you've been doing some pretty interesting things. And that's why, I, Chris, I want to be hard here, too, for people. Like people say, oh, my client's hard. I want to show us on an easier client. Because you, you think it's going to be easier when you leave? Learning how to close is not. Yeah. It's harder. Yeah. So <laughs> on that, on that, that note, I'm very passionate about what you just said. I'm glad you mentioned it. Um, yeah. There were, when you're here at Memory Blue, you're seeing all these people on different campaigns and all that. And some people have it easier than others. Like, some people it's have a fact. It's, it, you don't, you know, it's the luck of the draw, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Correct. There, and, you know, and, I wasn't one of those people that had like the, the lucky hand, right? So, mm-hmm. you know, there's some people that they're on one client and let's say that one client is easier. That happens to be it happens does. all the time. Yep. And you know what? They're smashing their number. They're making, you know, leaving everyone in the dust. Sure. Okay. Was I one of those people? No, I was not one of those people. I had, you know, two different clients mm-hmm. and one of them kind of switching in and out. And yeah, at the time I was like, this is very, like, I felt like it was unfair, like in, mm-hmm. in the moment. Right. But looking back, I don't want the easier client. I'm glad right. I didn't get the easier right. client. Exactly. Because, because it's like, I, I think I like, I, I wrote a post about this, whatever, but I said something about how like rocky waters makes you a better swimmer. Yeah. Better swimmer mm-hmm. now. Yeah. Better swimmer. It wasn't always just like calm and easy for, you know, I mean, as obviously in the moment you want it easy because the numbers are reflecting and you're like a rock star in the office yeah. and all those of things. Course. But are you learning anything? Yeah. You know, like, are you getting difficult objections? Are you having to be strategic, you know, like, do you have to think about, do you have to use your brain? I don't know. So yeah, yeah, it's just super important. And that's what we try and talk about with folks. It's hard to see it. It's hard to see it when you're in the moment because yeah. the job itself is difficult. And, and some people handle that a certain different way. Yeah. They, they'll, they'll quit or they'll like blame so-and-so or they'll think this or look for an early exit. It's hard like, when it's so metrics driven. It is. So I get I it. Know. You know what I mean? Cause it is metrics driven, but so it's hard to see some of like those growing, you know, those teaching moments in the time. Like, I don't want a teaching moment. I just want to get paid more, like something right. like yeah. that. It's that like, yeah, that's why we do these podcasts, though, right? right? You want people to listen. Hey, Emily worked here. Right. You're not the first person to go through this. We've been in business for 20 years. Yeah. Just trust the process. Yeah. Oh my God. Put yeah. in the time and yeah. energy, and it'll you you will get there. Yep. That's and, what, that's and, actually what they say. Link to it all the time. Trust the course. process. Yeah. It's yeah. like of course. It's like and they've, they've done it before. So and it's it's same with you and we've got an M and M slay pack out there right now who's probably like man should be higher on the board who can't see it so like hey can you see this podcast right like you're not the first person to have gone through this but I bet you're glad you you are obviously because you you might be handling this thing your new job not yeah. as strongly as you're handling it now yeah if and I think I, I got on an easier campaign or let's say it's had one fight the whole time. Yeah, I don't think I think it would have turned out differently. Yeah, would it? I remember Wood struggling when Jeremy was an SDR. He was on this account. He was on Skype. It's there's some pressure because like it was a referral from the new star guys. I forgot what it was, but there's always a little. Sometimes there's more pressure from more accounts than others. Where a yeah. repeat client comes yeah. back, and I remember he had to go to the yellowpages.com and look up names that way. <laughs> Why he was working? Because he was just and, and dude, he was. I was like, man, I hope this guy's gonna make it. Yeah, and, you know, so but that's what you want. <laughs> it's it's kind of quiet guy. It's kind of quiet guy. Like, like I remember walking away from his desk. He's like, ah, oh, shit. I hope this guy's gonna be. Yeah, <laughs> it's like somebody in the hospital bed. <laughs> well, you know, it's there's a lot of reflection that goes into the job. You, I'm bringing this up 
specifically because you put it on LinkedIn. Not all of it, but a lot of it. Yeah. People go out to their car and they might not come back into the office. Yeah. No, exactly. Right. Because because it's hard. Yeah. I honestly, like, one of my friends from high school told me this, and I think it reflects with sales too. She said, no one gets over. And I I just really believe that with anything. Like, if somebody has the easy client now, Mm -hmm. there's going to be a a later on sales situation where they're they're not going to get easy. And what are they going to do then? Yep. You know what I mean? So I'm like, all right. We're in the trenches here, just pile in the dirt. Like, let's look. while I'm here, like, yeah, you know, what I mean? <laughs> you know, like, I don't think people get over, you know yeah. what I mean? I think, like, like, sales is not for everybody. And I think, like, if you don't kind of do the hard things early, it's going to be harder later. Yes, yes, yes. I, I do the hard things while I have the energy right now and the lack of commitment and yep. responsibilities. Yeah. Like, mm-hmm. why not? Mm-hmm. Right? Yeah, yeah, I mean, you could have put it better. So how are you learning? That, what do you do there to get good at the job? Yes. Doing? Yeah. So um, the let's say I'm five months in now. Mm-hmm. I mean, a lot of it kind of was like I, I was prepared for, like the the dials, the outbound, all that stuff. Mm-hmm. And we have great managers there. So I'm on the like the life sciences west you know, territory. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. I'm only reaching out to the west coast and all that. Um, so we have our managers there, and you know, but honestly, like. I'm doing a lot of it on my own because yeah. that, that's why you got the roles because right. you can do the outbound, whatever, and they're, they're starting to teach you slowly more of the AE stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's cool. The way that they do it over there is that you you slowly take up more and more of the AE job. So in mm-hmm. the beginning, your manager's kind of running the show for you. Mm-hmm. Um, and slowly you're like, I want to take this over. You know, I'm yeah. a demo deck. Like, I want to pitch, you know, link squares. I want to do this. So mm-hmm. slowly they let you kind of take initiative and sometimes I'll poke my head in and be like, you know, ask a tough question or something like that. Yeah. But yeah, it's, it's kind of nice. I think they, they don't completely throw you out of the nest. They kind of slowly let you, you know, good. Take over the role, which is cool. Sounds like you're in a great spot. Yeah. I mean, what a great culture development, accountability, fun. I like the mentality. Yeah, no, absolutely. Hey, we got our numbers on the board too. We're like AEs. Yeah. I know how many meetings I'm at for the month, you know, it's like, yeah. and, and that's actually another point I'd like to get into. It's just that is the, the metrics driven. It's like, I feel like naturally people run away from numbers because like numbers are scary. Yeah. You quantify your value. Like, yeah. oh my God. Well, like this goes back to like the performance based income, but like, even for me, like um, numbers are scary. Like how'd you do last month? You know, how people showed up to your meetings, like all those things, what, yeah. how much revenue are you bringing? All that was scary to me. And starting to like get less scary. Like I feel like I've started to run towards the numbers. Yeah. It actually makes it better. Because when I feel like you almost got something to hide if you're running away from the numbers. Like, I don't want to know. Yeah. Like I had like six meetings, I'd say class one, I don't know. I find myself kind of running towards it almost makes it better. Because you're just like, you're just owning it. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? Mm-hmm. Just being like, Yep. I booked eight meeting last month last month. Let's talk about it. Yep. Let's talk about my ratios let's talk about the accounts i'm going after and i had my q1 review with my managers and we just set like quantifiable rules you know this is how many meetings you're aiming to book right this is how many you know we, we think you should bring in a demo and this is how much revenue you should was i wrote that down typed it up they told me a couple things i need to improve and slap it on my desk staring at me my numbers I don't want to be scared of them. Right. You know what I mean? Like I want to, I want to, I want to blow them out. I want to, I want them to look at me. You know what yeah. I mean? Yeah. So 
it's hard to get there, I will say. But I, I think like people in sales, like the good salespeople perform under pressure. You know mm -hmm. what I mean? So mm -hmm. if you have those numbers staring at you every day, it's like, all right, let's like, let's give it a real swing here. It's great stuff, Emily. Yeah, for sure. I'm looking forward to hearing about this journey. Yeah. Yeah. Like we can wrap it up for now. Yeah. But like. Thanks for being so candid. Yeah, yeah, I love how you're such a student of the game. Well, you got an amazing personality, but that is just kind of like the sprinkles on the icing. I mean, yeah, you study the craft and you apply the craft, and you, and you're so and you're a great writer, and you're putting it on on yeah. LinkedIn. So you got like the whole <laughs> the yeah. whole package. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, it's just like I've had a couple successes since I got there. Well, we yeah. want to, yeah, let's yeah, go. yeah. yeah. So, as we don't know, yeah. yeah. No. <laughs> No, no, I no, I just wanted to, you know, talk about know. West Coast Downs. Like, yeah, West Coast Downs. Are you real soon? Like, no, oh uh, yeah, tell us. So five months in, so I I closed my first deal in February. Yeah. So what go. was that? What, what was that like? Yeah. So this is the fun stuff, right? Uh, yeah. Yeah. So it was a like healthcare company out of Utah, Salt Lake City of all places. Mm -hmm. My CR was like Utah. You closed your first deal in Utah. <laughs> <laughs> is that weird? I don't know. I don't think so. you guys sell to Utah. Maybe, maybe, I don't think Utah is known for life sciences to anything. Or anything, really. No, they got a lot. No they, offense. They, they, have, <laughs> they have some tech there now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So that was really exciting. It was kind of a quick win, I would say. Okay. I started in December. Okay. Um, How long is the sales cycle? 30, 45. 30, 45 well, days. okay, it depends on the territory. So I'm on the life sciences team. Biotech yeah. med device companies, they move quicker. Yeah. 30, 45 days. Okay, like okay. All right. Um, but like once you start, usually it takes a couple of months. Of sure. Thing. It, sure. It's normal for people to close their first deal three or four months in. I think okay. it was second month. So that was really exciting. So I was like, whoa. Who like, do you sell to? You mentioned to us earlier, but who, who's the targeted persona? CFOs and general counsel. Okay. CFOs and GCs. Yeah. So, yeah, we call it the power line. We, we only call people that make decisions. The power line. <laughs> because, yeah, there's like, we keep it above the power line. These people are the ones that's going to buy. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah, so I tell us about the deal. Was it outbound and inbound? Or yes, it was outbound. I remember. Yes. Let's go. Hell yeah. We don't do inbound. Yeah. <laughs> Who needs inbound? Yes. Everybody what are you, a layup? Yeah. I want to shoot half court shots all day. Yeah. So, yeah, it was actually funny. It was on a, I remember the phone call. It was a Monday after hours. I was staying late. And there's a lot of staying late in the beginning. Of the you just want to, like, you know, prove yourself and all that. I'm happy to, right? So it was a little bit later. I think it was only three or four people left in the office. This guy picked up and like, I mean, it's probably been a while since guy made a cold call, but I know other people have cold call with this feeling, but sometimes you call somebody and you feel like your manager paid, paid them to take the call. <laughs> There's just some, you know, they're just yeah. like, you're too nice. Yeah. They're suspiciously nice. They yeah. got suspiciously in yeah. a lot of pain. Yeah. <laughs> you know, they're just like, I'm like that chop, yeah, chop it up yeah. with you for like 10 minutes and you're like, there's something really suspicious about this call. I know it was one of those calls. Yeah. yeah. And he was just like willing to hear me out. So I'm, you know, talking to him, whatever. And, you know, I'm like, all right, does this sound like something that maybe I'll help you guys out? And he's like, yeah. And I was like, okay, so you have a calendar, you know, uh, like going yeah. into it. But yeah, it, it was, it was, I would say it was one of the first cold calls where I was like, wow, well, we really, like, help people do things, you know? Because I feel yeah. like when you start any campaign, you start any SDR role, you're like, I don't really know what they're talking about. Yeah. They say it's a pain for people, but it's different when you hear somebody say, right. this is tough for me. I yep. can't find my X, Y, Z. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, it's like, we help people. Like, you know, because yeah. I feel like with sales, you just feel like you're 
somebody's like you're jamming things on people's throat. Yeah. And other times you're like, you're just filling your need that yes. somebody, somebody has. When you really hear it come out of their mouth, you're like, oh, wow, this is cool. Like, this is what we do. You know, it yeah. just makes sense in the conversation. So, yeah, so he we t- he took the meeting, and I think he got done in, like, maybe a little bit less than a month and a half, I yeah. would say, the whole thing. Um, but, yeah, it was, a, it was a pretty smooth process, surprisingly. Just kind of ran away with my manager. You know, Kevin did amazing. And, mm-hmm. yeah, so it got done. And then three months later... I didn't close anything, right? So it's like kind of like nothing's going on. And, and that, those are the tough parts in sales. Like yeah. Nothing to show for yourself because, yeah, I'm booking meetings, but it's like when you're not producing any revenue, you're like, what am I doing here? Yeah. And you're busting. You're like doing everything you can. Like you're working so hard and nothing to show for it. It's hard. That's kind of like, you know, part of sales though. And then just this week, guys, I closed my second and my third deal. Second and third. Yeah, this week. Boom. Yeah. So thank you. I appreciate it. Awesome. I know. I'm sorry. I didn't want to my own I just wanted to like tell no, you. Oh, we want to feels. Oh, it feels amazing. Yeah. Yeah. So the, the second one was like a 50K deal out of Canada, a biotech company. Yeah. And then this past one was just like another company out of Texas. So yeah. all outbound? All outbound. So that's two Man. cold calls and one LinkedIn. Wow. Yeah. So yeah, no, it feels great. It done. You're making a huge difference for your company. When you go outbound and you bring in these things, yes, yes, you so kidding valuable. me? They would not have yeah. that those, that revenue or these yeah. these customers if it wasn't for you. Yeah, it's kind of if it wasn't for you, you're making an enormous impact. That's a that's don't, don't you, underestimate the value. Yeah, the the, the, the net new revenue, the net really? new logo, huge, huge. Right, because even with re- reoccurring. Yeah. yeah. Well, they get into the board meetings and they talk about net new revenue acquisition yep. and that's like the most valuable kinds right not something that's like inbound not like inbound a- this was you doing the after hours getting on linkedin making yeah. the call inbound's important but that's yeah. like that's a deal that would have gone to the competition yeah the linkedin one right. I, I wanted to point out real quick was just because the third deal was a very similar company to what i worked with for the first deal so okay it's just a super targeted outreach and i can't do super targeted outreach all the time yeah. because there's a fine line, yeah. right, between like the pure number and the the strategic element of it. But I just I, I hit up the CFO. I just saw there was a very similar company. My first one I was like, all right, I know a good amount about that that use case, right? So I was just like, you know, dear whatever CFO, just like close this deal with a very similar company, you know, in Utah. Here's a couple things that they cared about. Couldn't locate, you know, kinds of contracts, blah blah blah. Like, you talk tomorrow, something like that. And he's yeah. like. He responded like 11.30 p.m. Because he's <laughs> he, looking for a contract. Exactly. He said it's 11.30 p.m. He goes, he's like, yeah, um, can you talk tomorrow? It took every molecule in my body to not send a calendar. Right? <laughs> <laughs> I was bugging. I was like, he would have loved no. it. I was like, no, I'm not that crazy. I was like, I'm crazy. I'm what not did you that send crazy. It? The next day? I waited, you yeah, know, because I was yeah, like, that yeah. looks suspicious. I was like, I got to have some integrity. Yeah. You know, like, I'm off the play clock cool, after play a little, cool, play cool. cool. I was like, play, yeah, whatever, it's fine. Just have a meeting. I'm like having drinks about setting the calendar. 8.30 a.m. Central Time, whatever. Loop in my manager. But that was really cool. And that last sales cycle was super quick. We had like three calls. And I guess it was just so targeted from the start. He just, he knew what he was, this guy knew what he was looking for. But I was really proud of that because I was like, it was cool to apply like 
my passport to like another deal. So that, I mean, that's something I think all SDRs can take away is not having to repeat or using the repeat work to like yeah. have more successes. So the thing that I would take from that is, I mean, and I think that's motivating as a salesperson, knowing that there are people out there right now who need what you have yeah. and, and, and you just need to find those people. Yeah. Cause when you find those people, it goes quick. They yeah. want to talk to you quickly. And they want to buy what you have because they need help. And in and, and the way you set the prospect, because you're going to find them. Not and it's going to be most people aren't going to be in that category, but they're the ones that are. It's going to move quick, and you're going to help those folks. Yeah, and I, in, in those scenarios, I feel like you can't say the wrong thing to the right person. It's like if they're if they need what you got. Yep. They're going to tell you that. You know what I mean? And that's why, like, sometimes when you're on cold calls and you're starting to get paid or whatever you're doing, it's like you're trying to pull teeth with the pain. It's like right. I mean, for SDR's sake, they, they could still be the right fit to take a call. But I mean, like when you're closing, yep, they have paid or they don't. Right. They have paid or they don't. Mm -hmm. Yeah. They they just you can't. I mean, you, I just don't think you can artificially manufacture pain. They have yeah. it or they don't. You can't. You can't. And you can help them discover. You can it. pique their interest. You can yeah. always pique their interest. You, you can pique their interest all day. But when it comes to like closing deals and actually getting business in the door, pain or no pain, pain or no pain. But you, timeline or no yeah. timeline, budget or no budget. But you can find it and like focus on it or give them the chance to have you think about it a little bit more. You yeah, can make yeah, it, you yeah. can make it. I think I don't think you can force them to buy it, but you can like yeah. you get if you get them on the couch, yeah, and start talking to them about things based upon your knowledge, talking to other customers. Right. Like, I think you can exacerbate it. That's a good point. You know what I mean? Yeah. They're the levels. You mean how it affects them at right. work, their role, how it affects them personally. Yep. Like, well, that's a really good point, Mark, because also, like, if you think about the olden days when we did horse and buggy, mm -hmm. if you ask them how they got to work, they wouldn't say that, that was pain. Right. They would just say that yeah. that's the way it's always gone. And no one's like... Give me a faster horse. Exactly. So yeah. that actually is a really good point. Yeah. yeah. You're the, you're, this is so bad. This role you're doing is so awesome. Yeah. For you, from a learning and development standpoint, it's not even funny. Yeah, I, no, I, I appreciate you guys saying that because it is, it's really hard. Sometimes it's, it's I, like, I wish I had, no, because I talked to, you know, my, you know, friends from Memory Blue too. I'm just keeping in touch. You know, I talked to like Carly and Katie Lowry. Yeah. Oh, and Ryan Carey. He's going to kill me. Carey's going to kill you if you don't shoot. I know. He no, no. literally texted him. He's like, there's Dad. There it is. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God damn that boy. <laughs> but, you know, you know, keeping in touch with other AEs and it's just like seeing how they're doing and some people's. Some people have it easier. Some people have it harder. Yeah. Some people are working, you know, more flexible hours. And I don't have that. So sometimes yeah. to me, I'm like, doing something wrong. No, no, not at all. But it is kind of validating, though, because that, you know, it is a big sacrifice to work at this company. Like, I don't, I, admittedly, I, I, you know, I don't have as much of a social life. I'm not as free. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. So I'm working the hours and going in every day. Yeah. So sometimes it's worth it, though. I, yeah. I'm glad you think that because I also think it too. But sometimes when I, you know, talk to other people, I'm like, but I'm also at a point in my life too where like, I mean, this is the time to, to work really hard, yeah. right? Yeah, 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 yeah. This is what Kiyosaki says. Yeah. 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 And there's books. He's like, take all the risks, do all the stuff before you're 30. Yeah, I'll do the hard stuff now so you can do stuff later. Exactly. Right? Just the perspective and experience you gain and relationships you're forming, people who are working there. And it's you're, yep. you're you're doing the right thing. Awesome. Thanks. It's absolutely, absolutely right. All right, you guys think so? I'm, no, I'm absolutely. Just, yeah, there's no doubt in my mind. Yeah, because I mean, the, you know, you guys starting your own business, being entrepreneurial. Like, mm -hmm. I want to, I want to go into that. So I'm gonna do. People my thought own thing. we were crazy. 
Uh, you just, what are you doing? Wait, you're so, to be SDR. So working like you're working now, would you rather do that now, or would you rather do that in the future when you have all these financial, uh, financial and family obligations? The time to do it is now. Yeah, I don't want to do that. No, no, no. Right. Yeah. Absolutely not. So. And, and then there's other people who just never do it. Yeah. Right. No. Exactly. They take the easy route. Oh my God! Yeah. Which is that? That should not be that. that, For you, that's not even up. No, no, no. It's yeah. It's not. It's not an option. And like, um, I don't know. I I feel really lucky that I that I'm excited to work this hard and and you get to work this hard. Yes. I mean, I think like, I think it's a privilege to work hard towards something that you really want to do. You know what I mean? I I don't think it's a a curse if you really like, you know, see the bigger picture. Mm Hmm. You know, at Links, we always talk about what's your why. Mm-hmm. If you focus on the bigger picture, what your why mm-hmm. is, you'll figure out the how. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? So that's kind of where I'm at. Sorry, I took a loop around. No, that's great. That, it, this, is, this is good perspective. What else? What else you got in there? So we we're going to ask you about the deals, but, you know, sometimes we don't know if we should talk to people about that. So we don't want to talk about their deals. Well, no, no, no. I mean, yeah. I, something that I, I think is really important for me to talk about is just, like, we talked about, like, the highs and lows of sales. Yep. I'm, like, really... I, I like I'm passionate about that because like sales is really hard and it, I I'm a very emotional person and like I think it was hard for me to learn to like not take the job so personal. I think mm-hmm. I'm still working on it. Yeah. But it feels so personal. It's, it's like, very personal. Words. I take it as personal. Oh, Chris yeah. and I still have a problem. <laughs> take too personal. Which yeah, makes you good. What makes you good too? Yeah, it's like a double edged sword, right? Yeah. Yes. It's, but it's, it's mostly take... a single edge. <laughs> I think no, I think it's good. Yeah, it's you, mostly it's mostly good. good. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, it is, but it's kind of like you take pride in what you do, you know, it's like, but but no, there is a bad side to it where it's like, it's business, right? It's yeah. hard to see it like that. Yeah. Sometimes, you know, or like. Well, there's this identity role thing. Like, it's not, it's, that's not who you are as a person, you know, your ethos. Yeah. Like, it's hard to take it personal, but. It's hard when it's sales, though, because you're talking about your yes. words. Like, yes. You say things. You're, I don't know, you know, it's hard to not take these things personally. Yeah. Especially if you take things personally. Anyways, so, <laughs> right, right, you know exactly. I mean? Yeah. So I, I don't know. That that's just something important for me to highlight. It's just like the highs and lows of sales and try to keep an even keel. That's like my main focus over the next six months. It's just like keeping an even keel because I feel like when you're too high on the highs and too low on the lows, it's just yeah, it's so exhausting. It takes everything out of you and you're so much less effective, you know? Mm-hmm. Right. So now if I book a meeting or do you know something good happens, I'm not like, oh my god, I'm the man. Yeah, I'm in the bad. I'm not like, oh, I'm worse. I'm kind of always just, I'm trying to stay in the middle. You yeah. know what I mean? Rather than just like fluctuate all the time. Yep. You know what I mean? Yeah, I know what you I'm, mean. I'm just hoping that the peaks and valleys just get smaller. You right. know what I mean? I feel yeah. like that's the best. That's why this experience you're doing now is so strong because it's making you realize all these things and work on them. Yep. If you had a position that was easier, less challenging, might be a better description. You wouldn't have to. You wouldn't be considering these highs and lows. You might be, but not to the same varying degree because you're working so hard. Right. Like the, that's where all the everything comes out and the hard work. Right. It's because it for, it forces this reconciliation to this. Okay, gotta work hard, but I gotta make sure I get too high. Should I get low? Just operate this way and like, it, that's very transforming. Yeah. No definitely. <laughs> it is. It is. If you were just works over someplace, maybe you know yeah. I was. We run the big run of the people sometimes in tech who are great professionals, but you know they happen to work at a company with a technology was flying off the shelf. Or yep. maybe they work, and that's great, good for them. That's great, but that's when they get into a tough situation because that role, that tech, that won't last forever. And mm-hmm. this is how technology works. It's fast moving and things change. 
they're they're not going to be as prepared as mm -hmm. the people who have had a little bit more grind. Right. Exactly. They're not because eventually it comes. And we see a lot of memory blue because we work with these tech companies. <laughs> yeah. But, right. I remember when I was yeah. a kid, I kick up a call and I'd be like, man, you might need to go back to Oracle. <laughs> you know, you might need to go back to Oracle. Right. Yeah. And it might, it's, I don't want to disrespect the Oracle reps. I mean, I am, I guess, I'm, but I'm not. But it's, it's more of a, it's, it's not Oracle. It's a big company. It's a big company. Yeah. It's, it's, it's creating something out of nothing. That's yeah. the real thrill of it all. I think I, I put in my description on LinkedIn is that, you know, the job description of an SDR is um, turning strangers into business partners. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. I was and, just reading that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And that's like, that's a, that's really cool to me. And then, you know, the deals I'm talking about, it's like something out of literally nothing, something that didn't exist. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. When you think about it like that and not just I'm getting rejected six days, six times a day from a stranger, just a different well, you know, mindset and what do you see outlook yeah right oh, yeah mindset's been the biggest thing from this new job like yeah i mean there's like hard skills and stuff but like i've had to really like, get pretty you know serious about the way that i think about things like it's actually kind of crazy is that my company hires a mindset coach for the sales team uh once a month right and yeah. it's crazy he's a neuroscientist and he literally talks to the whole team about like maintaining a positive mindset and like, because it's just so important, you know what I mean? So, I mean, it sounds crazy, but we're doing like visualizations, we're doing breathing techniques and like, we're trying to get like a high performing sales team. Mindset is so important. I highly There's a, this example uh, that I like to share about these two people work for two different shoe companies and they're trying to set up an international operation. Both of these shoot these scouts, they both go to a third world country in Eastern Europe. Okay. They both see this country and they both see that no one there has shoes. So one of them calls back to headquarters and is like, we're screwed. Do not open it up anything here. No one has any shoes. We're gonna, it would never work. Right. Never. The other one calls up is like, guys, I found a gold mine. No one has shoes. We need to open up here because the world is our oyster. Both of them are right, but if one sees one thing, one sees something else. So just the power of that mindset. Yeah, that's huge. That's awesome. Like what's that, like a challenge, like an opportunity versus like a challenge. Yeah, one, one saying under no circumstance do it because there's no opportunity here. The other one's like, this is the biggest opportunity we've ever seen. Yeah. And they see the same thing. Right. Yeah. Right. Yeah. No, that's awesome. Yeah. One of the things that they teach us, sorry, we're up, I know we need to wrap up with <laughs> talking a lot, but the one thing they teach us in mindset is like when something bad happens, saying like, it's the best thing that could have happened. It sounds so dumb, <laughs> but we say it in the office. Like it sounds crazy, but someone loses a deal or, you know, lost a competitor or whatever the case may be. Best thing that could happen. Because like we think the best salespeople just have short term memories. Yes. Yeah. Just keep shooting. Move on. Yep. Just keep shooting. And that's why I'm, you know, we talked about your STR and you're like, you kind of can't see far for the trees because you're yeah. grinding. I mean, you're a more enhanced version of that now, but it's the same thing. You're doing all the right things. Yes. You're doing all the right things. It's hard to see because no, you got really this quota, but I promise you, you're doing all the right things. Uh, what a, I mean, you know, what a great company. I mean, I like everything yeah. that I'm hearing about these guys. Yeah. Like, hey, we want people to be in the office. We, it's not yep. the easy job. It's the worth it job mindset we all, all of those things we, we see all the time the right people want to be in the office 
Yep. The right people want no. to be in the office. The right people want me in the no. office. Yeah. You want me in the office? We may need to be in the conversation. Right. It's not for you. You talk to you. It's okay. I love the transparency on both ends. Yeah. They always say this. They're like, this is the hardest job you're ever going to have. Yeah. <laughs> they just say it. Like, this is the hardest yeah. job. Yeah. Like, yeah. This is it. And yeah. like, but they're like, but you're going to make good money. You're going to have opportunities for growth and you're going to be better for it. And they just throw it out in the open. Yeah. Yeah. You're, you're, you're not going to forget these deals that you're bringing in. Really? Yeah. No, you are not going to forget no. them. Oh, Especially when I start to like run my first deal like end to end. Yeah. Because right now, you know, I'm not fully yeah. full ownership. But yeah. once yeah. I start to like really run it, start to finish, like that's going to be like a really cool feeling. It's great. Like. But right now, just bringing in the, you know, cool accounts and all that is, is good enough. But yeah. I'll also say this. So obviously, when you were here, you, you know, you built a good network of coworkers mm-hmm. and you're keeping in touch with the 50 AEs that you're working with now. That's like at a whole nother yeah. level that you're going to be in contact with those folks as well for the rest of your career. So you're, right. you're associating yourself with the yeah. right types of people. Yeah. The yeah. right types of people. Which no. is awesome. Exactly. I mean, you're around people like that. And I felt that way here. And I was just like, I'm around such like exciting, motivated people. It's like, um, what are the criteria they have for being hired? There is like being an energy giver. And yeah. like, that is such a big, I feel it when I'm in the office, you know what I mean? It's not people that, we were talking about Chris oh, last yeah. night. You want to be around people that are giving good energy. Yes. It sounds kind of cheering you on. Like it sounds yeah. dumb, but like it's like, oh, no, like no. you know when it's happening you too. Like yeah. someone's just being a little bit more pessimistic and they're like, oh, we gotta do evos today. It's like right. suck it up. Come on. Yeah. Have some fun with it. Like yeah. we yeah. have to do it anyways, yeah. you know. And yeah. like, yeah, you're. I mean, there's a quote. Cool, I don't know who said it, but it's like you're a product of the five people who come in. Yes. Like, mm-hmm. I don't know who said it, but like you gotta pick the right five. Yeah, right. Yeah, exactly. It's the same thing in work environments. Yes. People you're sitting around, people you're associating with too. Yep. People you take breaks with, people you take walks with. Mm-hmm. What are they saying? What are they thinking? It's going to rub off on you. Exactly. You be very picky. Mm-hmm. You got to be picky. Yep. Very good. Well, M. Schley with the wisdom. This was yeah. great. Yeah, this was amazing. This is awesome. Very validating to like, talk to you guys about. We really appreciate uh, it. I'm inspired. You people yeah. inspire me to go get at my own shit. I know. Yeah. yeah. I just want to say one more thing yeah. too that like, like, I, I just couldn't be more grateful in my time memory. Like I had a blast. I learned so much. Like I still keep in touch with like, you know, five to 10 people that work with here and mm-hmm. you guys keep us in the loop. Like memory blue is like a school of sales. Like mm-hmm. I tell people that the memory blue university, it, it really feels like that. Like you learn how to be good at sales and like you call us all alumni. Like that's so cool. I get invited back to stuff. You <laughs> yeah, know what I mean? It's like an exclusive club. Like, it you is. know, like it's like a, it's like a family. Like, I feel like I could hit up someone from Memory Blue to grab a drink or come to the office, say hi. And, like, it's a really cool feeling, you know. So, so you guys network. are building, like, I think Memory Blue, the brand of Memory Blue has made a lot of strides in the last couple of years. We're like, trying. From where we started. What's well, like, people from people like you? Yeah. Yeah. You're right. You represent the brand. Yeah. You may not know it or not. I know you're not. You got, you know, and you may not look at it that way, but people look at where you worked before and what type of person you are and all how you carry yourself. You got any game? No, like, like, Squares knows about Memory Blue people because like, some of them came over from you guys. Know, you guys know uh, David Justima, DJ. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. yeah he's a, he's at yeah, uh, Link yeah. Squares too. We he's, talk about. He's this. a good guy. Yeah, yeah he's yeah. a great guy. Yeah. yeah, he's got customer success now. It's awesome. Good. But, um, yeah. Yeah. No, but I just want to say like the brand here, you guys building is awesome. I just I feel really grateful that I worked here. We're very grateful that you 
you worked here. What's what's oh man? I mean, it's so you picked us. It's hilarious. It's it's hilarious and annoying all at the same time. The people who appreciate the company the most need it the least. Like you would have been wildly successful regardless of wherever you started. But then there's people who struggle and mm. they complain and say that it sucks. It's just, I guess yeah. that's life, right? Very interesting. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Well, I, I, we're looking forward to continuing to watch you yeah. succeed. And please keep posting on LinkedIn. You're such a great writer. Yeah, you're such a great writer. You gotta keep that going. Really? Okay. Yeah. 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 Not, not, don't make it your full time job. Right. Okay. But, yeah. Keep my day job. Whatever. Once a month. Once a quarter. Once. A, but it, it's very. Um, it rings true. Man. It rings true. Yep. And, and you're saying things that people need need to hear. Yeah. Especially in sales. Yes. Yeah. It's great. It's All great. right. Once a quarter. There you go. Once a, yeah. All right, guys. Thank you, Emily. Thanks for listening to Tech Sales is for Hustlers. Please subscribe and leave a five-star review after the beep. If you're competitive, driven, and curious, it's time to consider a professional sales opportunity that your future self will thank you for. With an unmatched training program and a tradition of elevating our people, Memory Blue has helped hundreds of successful professionals launch lucrative tech sales careers. You will grow highly marketable skills through ongoing mentorship from seasoned sales leaders while showcasing your abilities for tech industry royalty and some of the hottest startups around. And you'll do it all surrounded by driven, like-minded colleagues immersed in our award-winning company culture. As your tenure progresses, you will attract a host of career options. This includes moving up internally or venturing out into the tech industry, where tech companies pay a premium for Memory Blue experience. We have immediate openings in our offices from coast to coast. Visit memoryblue.com/sdr and apply today.